Tip FM's Tip Today with Fran Curry In association with Slattery's of Pecan, Tipperary's main Peugeot dealer. Slattery's Garage Pecan, the name you can trust for over 50 years in the Premier County. Slattery'sGarage.ie Oh, you're very welcome back to Tip Today. Huge response to everything uh, that we've been uh, speaking about uh, this morning. So I promise you we will um, uh, go back to it all tomorrow and we will have all of the uh, various um, characters and personalities that you're talking about on, on text and WhatsApp uh, take part in the show tomorrow. We promise you that. Now it's time for this. Tipperary Women in Business on Tip FM. Funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee. A new slot on the programme where we'll celebrate the achievements of Tipperary women in business, promoting equality and inspiring future female uh, leaders to pursue their goals regardless of gender. Now, the, the future will begin with a panel discussion on uh, the challenges and, I suppose, the successes experienced by uh, certain women in business. I'm delighted to be joined in this. I'm blessed among women uh, this morning. I'm joined in the studio by uh, three great friends of ours, indeed. Uh, Cleona Marr is with us and you know Cleona very well from Junction Festival. Michelle Aylward is with us, CEO of County Tipperary uh, Chamber. And, of course, Laura Jones, uh, Sales and Marketing Manager at the Talbot Hotel in Clanmel. You're all very welcome and thanks thanks for coming in to us thanks, uh, today. Um, can we go around? The, you had the cheek to tell me that you're all nervous, which, you know, really <laughs> ma- amazes me with your experience of broadcasting and the, and the like. Can we just go around the table in terms of a bit of background on yourselves? Laura, can I start with you? Uh, a bit of background on you and what you've been yeah. doing and all of that? Okay, I suppose I'm a Tipperary native, um, live in care, married with two two children, so kept busy in uh, home life as well as work life. Um, I'm a hospitality professional for well over 20 years, so I will say I'm slipping into my uh, third decade there soon enough, but um, I'm born and bred hospitality professional, so um, over the years I would have... Um, I suppose studied and trained in sales, leadership, management, and um, I suppose operational management. Um, so that's where my forte is. Mm-hmm. So um, I've been as fortunate to have worked, I suppose, with Michelle over the years um, as a director in the Chamber of Commerce. Um, I'm a representative as well in the tourism, uh, temporary tourism as well. So and. Uh, chairperson of the steering committee of um, Tipperary Skillnet as well. That's very interesting about you, Laura, because we know one another for quite a lot of years, but you never isolated yourself in the job that you do. You always spread your wings so far and, and you know, got involved with other organisations. Was yeah. that very important? I, I definitely. Um, and I think, you know, when you're working in hospitality, you're not dealing with just one sector. You, you know, it's very multifaceted in the respect that, you know, you're dealing with corporates, you're dealing with leisure guests and clients and things like that as well. And, um, you know, a, a client is a client you know so mm. they come in all different shapes and sizes and it's very important but even from a networking perspective as well and, and that's one thing I suppose I would have found over the years you know through the benefit of networking um, and you know working these different organisations albeit in a voluntary capacity you it helps you to you know you're, you're upskilling and you know you're, you're meeting different contexts every day of the week as well which is very important to business mm. Claire now what, what about you just a bit of background first of all a bit of background yeah, yeah. so I suppose I'm, I'm also a Tipperary native mm. um, born and bred in Clonmel um, but I, I suppose I, I moved around a lot before I moved back in 2017 um, I have worked in the arts 
for my sins for over 30 years. Uh, I started off as an actress. I worked in, I went to the Gaiety School of Acting after I left school and then I, I did, you know, did various things. I was on an episode of Fair City, Fran. Um, wow. I worked in the wow. Abbey and the Gay Theatres, but I got really bored with acting because did I'm you? obviously a naturally yeah. bossy person. So. <laughs> Never, Cleo. So I Never. moved into, I moved into directing and then I moved from that into kind of project management. I, I found that I really, really enjoyed teaching. I really enjoyed leading kind of community drama projects and uh, I left Ireland in the 90s and moved to Chicago so I lived there for five years which was fascinating um, and I worked over there as an actor and a director and also I taught and I did uh, an amount of project management in the arts I moved back to Clonmel and worked with Galloglass Theatre Company um, you might remember I a touring theatre company yeah. based here and from there I went on they did a master's in UCD in modern drama studies so incredibly practical um, and very very useful <laughs> I say that with a <laughs> tongue in cheek um, and I moved and I worked in um, outreach and education in the arts for a number of years I worked at the National Concert Hall and then I moved to France in 2005 uh, not for work but for love um, and I was going over for a year or two uh, and then came back 14 years later with husband and son so I convinced them to move to Ireland with me in 2017. So when I was over there I kind of, I continued, I worked as an actor I worked as a director, I worked as a project manager I lectured in university and when I moved back to Clonmel I was really lucky that a job came up in the Arts Centre here in town. So I was the director of the Arts Centre for two years um, which was very, very interesting. It was like a, a crash course in the arts in Ireland and the arts in Clonmel and I got to meet a lot of people who were making work here. Um, so that when I was, uh, I suppose I got the role in Junction in March 2019 um, and it really... An excellent time to get, to get the gig. Yeah. <laughs> a great time to get it. Yes, it was very, very <laughs> in the day for the 2019 festival. Yeah. And I thought next year now the festival will be all mine. <laughs> so I know we're going to talk a little bit later about yes, kind of indeed, the COVID yeah. effect on business and that. But I suppose I've, I've had five years now in the role at Junction and um, I very much see it not only as kind of event management and putting on the festival mm. but because Junction is one of the biggest arts organisations in County Tipperary and it's the premier festival for the county supported by the County Council um, it's very much a developmental role you know both for artists careers it's challenging to make a career as a regional artist and I feel that the role of the festival is to support those artists be it in music and mm. dance in theatre and visual arts um, but also it's to I suppose be a voice for the arts on things like like the new town team that myself and Michelle both sit on. Yes. Um, we also uh, created during lockdown, we created the Clummel Entertainment and Arts Initiative that we spoke with you a lot about mm -hmm. at the time and we'll be we'll be getting the band back together <laughs> in, in advance of the local elections this year. Um, so I kind of feel that there's there's an advocacy role that's very much part of it. because And, and the, that's, yeah. it seems to be the theme that's already emerging here is that you can't isolate yourself, Cleona. You, you have to be involved with everything else that's surrounding you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like in, in terms of sort of my role, you're working with the hospitality industry, you're working with local businesses, but you're also working with, you know, the Gardaí, the county councillors. Um, you know, you're, you have an awful lot of different partners, as well as the artists, as well as the audiences, as well as the volunteers. So it's, um, it's very Interesting. much a role. Yes, and some of that international perspective I'll, I'll be looking for in just a little while as well. Michelle, what, what about you, Michelle? <laughs> Indeed. So I think I have a bit of a different background from the guys... Um, 
I suppose when I started out my career, it was to sports and recreation, um, which was very different. Uh, love sports, love coaching. Um, moved to Waterford um, after I kind of done my degree and started my working career there in a call centre at the time. Um, and again, because there was probably no jobs here in mm. Clamella at the time, um, where I was from, went to Waterford. Um, my husband, he came with me. And uh, I worked in AOL, uh, which was uh, American Online at the time. If you think back to the early days of the internet, where it all started. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Worked there for about seven years. Uh, Again, it's a tough industry in terms of telecommunications, but learned so much, I suppose, and realised that I no longer wanted to stay in coaching as such uh, because I was playing and very actively. I know it doesn't look like that at the moment, but I was at a kind of a, a women's level, at a, we say for a county level and international level, but that was where it was only going to ever go. So then obviously myself and Johnson, we got married. Uh, we had two children and then decided, OK, time to move back to Clanbell, uh, where I worked in, we'll say, again, digital marketing, but also in pilot training. Uh, which was which was a pilot a, training. Pilot training, yes, indeed. So there was a pilot training college in Waterford at the time, um, which was massive. Uh, it was a big industry where we recruited students to become pilots, and then they went out to the US and done their their pilot license. And some of them, uh, very good pilots, went on to work with some of the biggest airlines in the world, which was great. Um, so when we came back to Clonmel, it was kind of a change because it was a bit of a culture shock from a city industry, but then went on to work in the IT industry. Um, and as part of that role, I suppose, in Tipperary was mad because I, I had to get out there and network and, and meet local businesses. Um, even though it was IT, a lot of it is selling. It, yes. it is always selling within business. And I remember one of the first times thinking, OK, how am I going to connect with local businesses in Tipperary? And the only way I was able to do it was to get involved in the chamber. Um, and a, a colleague of yours, uh, Paula Kearney, who would have been on the time, was was the president, uh, LinkedIn with Paula, and uh, a few years later became a director on the Chamber of Commerce here in Tipperary. Um, done that for about four or five years, became great friends with the likes of Laura, would have met Kleena and, and, and other people throughout Tipperary. Um, so left that and a position came up as the CEO and um, humming in hand and a lot of people had said, you know, you're the woman for the job. At the time, uh, the chamber, uh, which is Tipperary, was uh, originally the Clonmel Chamber, which is coming up to 99 years old this year. And um, there had never been a female CEO. So I said, what chance have I got? You know, little Michelle from Clamell or whatever. Uh, so through the jigs and the reels, anyway, I got the job um, and I'm there three years now uh, with it and obviously made some massive connections within Tipperary uh, with terms of the business community. But that's, yeah, so I went from IT to pilot training. I, to I know you for a while. I, did, <laughs> I didn't realise so you had such a colourful past. Isn't it, isn't it incredible altogether? Uh, Laurie, can I talk to you about the whole gender thing? Uh, being a woman, did that sort Sort of did difficulties emerge there at any point in your career? Just the fact that you were a woman, a woman. Not really. Um, I suppose from from early days from college, you know, when I was studying um, hospitality management, there was always a higher proportion of female students in the class than there was males. And um, as the years went on, you know, as you kind of qualified and whatever, and, and graduated and that, I still felt there was still more females. Um, I suppose I look at my role now and like in my role as sales and marketing management there's 65% of women doing that role as opposed to men. Yeah, there is. Um, There would be a high, like we were just chatting outside before we came on air and like I find in hospitality there's still 
quite quite an equal balance when it comes to the management side of it. Do you know, like I even look here at the Talbot and Clonmel and, you know, we're, we have a new general manager, um, Michael Michael Boyle, he's male. Mm. Um, but, you know, it would be 50-50 with the management structure. That wouldn't have been my perception of, yeah. of, the, of the hospitality industry in general now. Yeah. But, but Maybe over the years it's changed, yeah. but I suppose since I've come on the scene I've been more aware of it. Yeah. And, um, but definitely I would find maybe the senior roles um, do tend, you know, like the CEO roles and that mm. kind of thing in, 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 in hospitality companies and things like that would tend to be held by, you know, a ma- male yes, or whatever. Yeah. But um, I was just chatting this morning there with Michelle and I was just even saying with regards like the IHF, um, you know, like we've been very fortunate to have females, you know, mm. you know, manage that over the years and um, we've been very fortunate. So there's always been a good, strong female representation in the hospitality sector. Right. And did you ever come across a barrier personally because you're a woman? Was there anything in particular that ever stopped you from pursuing what it was that you might want no, to do No, I suppose, from my perspective, I, I would have very much a hands-on approach to my management style. Yes. And, you know, so I, I never saw anything as an obstacle and I was willing to first in to throw my hat in the ring for any particular job that ever came up. Um, but I think that's probably a testament to my own personality and, you know, the, yeah. the way I approach business. Um, but no, and I would, I would find even with the company that I work for, the Talbot Collection, that they would be very much equal opportunity, you know, I mean, um, employers. Yes. And it's great to see it, you know, so... Um, yeah. And and did you set out to do what you're doing, or do you know was this a path that sort of emerged for you, or what? what I, I think over the years, I suppose I would have been, you know, um, the last maybe. 12, 15 years of sales marketing driven and that's my main focus mm. at the moment. Prior to that I'd been very operational you know with um, deputy general management roles and that and you know like Lean, I've been very fortunate to have worked in France and travelled around and that's the one beauty of hospitality that you have um, it's a skill you can bring around yeah, yeah you know yeah. and I've worked with some of the top hotel groups as well which have been very fortunate and learned really really good skills which are transferable here in Clonmel and that um, so it's never stopped me being a female doing that you know mm. um, I suppose in the last number of years then I suppose as kids came along it just made the the work-life balance a little bit different and um, I suppose that's where hospitality has been very good to me because you know we're more flexible it is we're a 24-hour business you know and the one thing I'd say with the hospitality is your seven seven days you're always on you know what I mean so if your functions or weekend events so I've been able to utilize the, 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 I suppose what people would see as anti-social hours of working that to, 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 to help me advantage. to my advantage exactly yeah. um, I was talking there Cleon about my perception of, of hospitality my mm. perception of the arts is that in fairness there's always been a, a gender balance I think but is that is that true or not true? Well, it's, you know, we were talking about this downstairs. It's a little bit, it depends on the area. Now, I suppose I'm very lucky in that kind of growing up, there were a lot of very strong female role models here in Clonmel. You know, think of the likes of Vera Hewitt and Carrie Atchison, who course, were mayors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my own mom is a former president of the Chamber of Commerce. So I suppose I wasn't entering my career stage kind of thinking that women were less, but... You know, and also when I started off in theatre, you had kind of Rough Magic's Lynn Parker, you had Druid's Gary Hines. Mm. Um, but there, it, there's definitely, I mean, I think one of the difficulties is the, is at a certain stage you hit things like childcare, mm. you know. I mean, I definitely think being a woman when I was at the beginning of my career, I think definitely in my 20s, I seemed very girlish and I often felt that I'd fight to make my voice heard. Um, that has changed as I've gotten older, mm. <laughs> um, but I think definitely it's it's I think it's very difficult. For and young were you patronised, for example? Were you definitely? 
Oh, right. You didn't even have to think about that, did you? Definitely, yes. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, there, I mean, everybody knows about the kind of the, the culture in theatre in the 80s and 90s. And, you know, I mean, yes, it was much publicised. And there was quite yes. a toxic culture for young actresses. Mm. Definitely. Um, that is changing. And the industry is challenging that, has been challenging that. Um, there is also, I think there's, you know, there you'd have a lot of very visible women performers. But are they getting to direct? Are they getting to write? Are their voices being heard that way? Mm. They um, almost have to be twice as talented at, at, at times to. Oh, absolutely, and to get their plays, yeah, and and you know, and there's kind of that idea that uh, we, I mean, we've spoken about it obviously in terms of finding a voice, the mm. concert series mm. around women composers. I mean, and that was basically started because women composers, their voices have not been heard for centuries, mm. and there is that underlying feeling that oh, it's because there weren't any good ones. But mm. when you listen to the amazing kind of output that you've gotten through finding a voice, I mean, there are some fantastic composers out there going back to the Middle Ages. And they just get sidelined. Mm. Um, there was a very strong sense that sort of women could interpret but not create, yes, which for sure, yeah. in the arts, which is crazy, yeah. <laughs> obviously. And you um, see it with conductors and with concert pianists. Yeah, I mean, how, yeah, how you know, many I mean, women they're they're really? fighting through, and yeah. you've kind of you've film directors coming through now, you've women conductors coming through now. But this is like the t- the twenty first century. You know, this should have been happening seventy mm. years ago. It shouldn't but even be a conversation. It really, shouldn't should even it, be a but, conversation. Yeah. But I think it's it's you know, in terms of my area, um, in terms of sort of arts management, um, there are a lot of women involved in arts management. There are an awful lot of women who are the directors of venues. There are women who are festival directors, you know, Cork Midsummer and Kilkenny Arts Festival are both also women. Mm. Um, but then a lot of the directorships in the Arts Council are men. So it's sort of there's this thing of like there can be a huge amount of representation. Yes. What's the level? And, and you know? the decision makers are men. Essentially, Sometimes that, the decision that, makers are saying? men. You yeah. know, I mean, at the yeah. moment we have a woman minister and the head of the Arts Council is a woman and, I, you know, it's not like women aren't heard but I wonder sometimes about the, the balance yeah. throughout. Um, and Michelle, you said an interesting thing when you were giving us a bit of a biog there. Um, you said one of the reasons why you were pessimistic about you getting the gig as CEO was there hadn't been a female CEO. So you were taking that into account even yourself. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, like nearly at the time, it would have been about 98 years or so and not once had a female uh, been the CEO, which was incredible. Um, You know, when you look at even the boards uh, and I ran the figures this morning, actually in 2023, all of the we say boards that are run in Ireland, only 25 percent of them are female on boards and 75% of them are male. So again, when I was on the board, we would have been probably uh, a lesser in terms of the female. So I did straight away think, you know, how am I going to be perceived here? I think there would have been a number of female presidents, um, but at the time, um, I'm not sure if it was, it would have been Paula uh, again, but mm. a female, but again, would have been kind of quite new to it. So definitely, yes, it's kind of sometimes in, it's, it's a man's world sometimes, especially when you look at powerful business people. And is. how much of that, at the risk of causing a row, how, how much of that is down to deliberately keeping women from these positions or is it a case that women normally have the lion's share of childcare and that becomes an issue? How much of it, or is there a balance there or what? No, I think a lot of it is down to childcare because, again, I was a mother with two children. Um, my husband, Jonathan, I suppose he was the breadwinner of the house, so... Even I did worked around his schedule when I was working to make sure. So maybe it was it was the woman's fault already. Um, you know, like Jonathan would have worked all over Ireland and it was never an issue being away mm. evenings and weekends. But as a woman, you had to make sure you could 
work, get the kids to school, um, be it by car or by bus that suited you so you couldn't do the early mornings. Uh, you had to be there to make sure you had childcare in the afternoon organised. Some of the creches closed at certain times. So a woman was limited in terms of it. And then as your kids get to a certain age as well, I suppose, if you're not in a, a job that's nine to five, you have to make sure that you can do those activities as well with your children. Um, even I remember, well, I don't remember, but my mother telling me uh, back in the early 80s when she had me, uh, I would have been her first child born. And that was in the early 80s. Mam was working in the boot factory and she had to give up work because the baby was born to be a housewife. Wow. Mm. So that's only even in the 80s when you think back to it in the early yeah, 80s. Yeah. Like, And I would have thought like, now, you know, I'm a very passionate person where I wanted to go to work, but I had to fit work around my schedule. Um, with with certain difficulties, it. I would imagine. But definitely, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. definitely, yeah, for the children. Yeah. Cleona, well. you were nodding furiously there when Michelle <laughs> spoke about childcare. Yeah, that that I, is a huge issue, yeah. is it? Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, because I had my son when I was in France. And the it's it's just a really different world where it comes to child parent. Women expect to work full time, and the system works for them. You know, uh-huh. I have a friend who's a lawyer, and she would drop the kids off to childcare at seven thirty in the morning. School starts at eight thirty, um, and then she would pick them up at six in the evening. And they had, you know. Um, so she was able to work her full job. And this is the norm. There's no big the deal norm. about and, this. Yes. And also that was the state system so it was really really subsidized right so cost was not a problem cost there. was minimal right yeah, yeah. Uh, um now and also one of the things that's really interesting is on both ends childcare is supported so for example we had a period when Killian was quite small where he went to crash two days a week and he was in he was with a childminder for the other two days but we had a contract a work contract with her we paid her holiday leave um it's when we finished the contract we we paid out the end of the contract we were absolutely her employer and you can't employ somebody with an envelope of cash in france which means that women who work in the childcare sector, um, they have huge supports. They have, um, you know, they have libraries of toys that they can go and get. They have access to huge training in first aid, in childhood so development. Cult- so they are much better. Was this a culture shock to you then? Because when you came here, you had to look at all of this, I guess. Didn't well, you? when we when we moved back, my husband was working from home and my son was eight. So okay. in fact. You right. know, it was it was literally yeah. just the picking up from school that was kind of the, the issue. I, I didn't need childcare, but I wouldn't have been able to do what I did in right. France if I'd been living in Ireland at the time. Well, the other younger the, women that you were working with at the time, you you must have heard from them that this was a huge issue. For yeah, them. it is, yeah. and it's it's, and I think it's it's sort of I think childcare is not. Um, it's not valued in our society mm. as a profession. Um, and the people who work in childcare uh, yes, it's aren't not valued seen as education. You see, I, no, I think and that early it's, childhood. It's edu- I mean, the French are obsessed think, yeah. with early childhood yeah. education. They kind yeah. of see it's like the future of everything. Is like how you how you develop children at a very young age. Laura, as a mum, uh, what about that? I mean, and the difficult. Now you say that because of the nature of what you do, it probably was was helpful to you the twenty four yeah. hour basis of your work. But what about in general as a mum? Well, I, I suppose I'm delighted to be the other side of it now um, mm-hmm. my eldest is 15 and the youngest is 12 mm. so I'm gone past the, the I suppose the mm. crash side of things but I, I remember back in the day 
how stressful, you know, and you, you'd be, the nature of my work, somebody might come in for an appointment and they mightn't have called, they mightn't have booked whatever and I could be rushing with my bag on my back ready to go out the door and next thing someone comes in and they expect your time there and I'm rushing to the crash. And I remember back in the day, like, you know, you, you were literally dropping and, you know, just a couple of minutes before, you know, work started, everything was a rush. You know, there was nearly fights in the house trying to get, you know, bags packed, lunches in and off to the crash and then you're rushing. It was always kind of like, you know, kind of a rat race, really. Um, it's it, Obviously, it's so much easier now, but I suppose, you know, we've been very fortunate to build support networks around us. I have great neighbours, mm. uh, great family members have been able to help and do the collections or, you know, if my husband was working or whatever, you know, that there's always somebody around. But, um yeah, I'm envious of hearing about France because that's just phenomenal, you know, and I, I I totally agree with what you're saying there regarding the, I suppose maybe it's not seen here in Ireland. Um, Like, I, mm. I see with colleagues in the office now, or just, I have an office full of ladies and um, two two ladies have kids in childcare. And even with the problems with water in Clonmel, that once the problem water hits, phones go, go off, they're getting phone calls to say, look, the, the crash have to close, you know, and that's, you know, upsetting their day at work, you know, and it just kind of throws a spanner in the works, you know, for, for all the, the parents in the crash as well. So I'm, I'm learning so much from this. It's, it's <laughs> incredible. Michelle, are you ever envious of men in terms of, like, you know, I mean, Laura says there, I mean, the, the lady she worked with, they have to up sticks and deal with the kids thing. It's not a case mm-hmm. that the husband generally up sticks and deal with. Yeah, you, yeah, ha- you no, have that face, Michelle, know, on you yeah, now. Because yeah. I know my husband's probably listening and he's going to be not <laughs> happy when I get home. Because Even if he's not, we're going to send him a recording <laughs> anyway. But, but, but what about, are you sometimes thinking, you know... Well, the, yeah, look, in theory, I think they have an easier life sometimes, you know. Um, because, it, again, it kind of, it, it does fall on the women, mm. the major, huge so. majority yeah, of the absolutely. time, you know. Um, you know, even if we saw... Um, a male that was going to stay at home and rear the children, which is becoming more popular now. Sometimes they will get a funny look. Why are Why are you staying at home? Why yes. aren't you going to work? Yeah. So our culture around that does really need to change. Um, but yeah, no, look, I, I would be envious, not just even at that, but as I said, even just in the whole sports side of things and everything like that, it's a very, very different... Um, yeah, women are, are seen very different, I think, yes. Yeah, Cleanna. What, oh God! Look at the way she's looking. <laughs> we have yeah, to answer I'm, this carefully. I'm considering. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and I think I mean you know my husband is great and he's very involved and he does a lot of housework and he does a lot of. I love the way everybody is pre- <laughs> prefacing what they're saying with this. Well, he, he um, yes, but, but would it be equal? <laughs> would it be equal? Yeah. yeah. And it, it, I think also there's um, yeah, even just the physical thing of like being pregnant having the baby looking after the you know yeah. there's a there's a big stall in your career that whole period where you're kind of planning and your 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 mind is elsewhere i mean it's it's sort of it it definitely has an impact on your career because it's impossibly to seamlessly pop out a child or children and not have any you know interruption whatsoever and employers do look at that as well like mm. you know they're legally not allowed to but yeah. You know, the conversation after the interview door closes, I don't know. You, you'd wonder about that. You would wouldn't wonder, you, you would yes. wonder. Um and it's uh I suppose it's 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 sort of I mean, I think when you are a woman working in business and you're a mother, it, there are there are waves. You know, there yes. are waves where you're able to really a hundred percent concentrate on your career and there are stages where you really can't give it a hundred percent of your time and effort and, you know, energy. What about women supporting women? Now, obviously in your case, you're working with a lot of women, Laura, and and you are supportive because I know you are. But often I hear from women to say, 
you don't necessarily get all the support you would imagine you get from a woman who might be in management or whatever. Yeah, and maybe it's an industry uh, specific comment. I don't know. Like I find in hospitality there that. You know, and it's even the likes of meeting the ladies. Like I'd meet Cleana and, and Michelle regularly at, at different events and things yeah. like that. And I've always found it, you know, in Tipperary uh, compared to any of the other places I've worked. Maybe it's, it's, it's a rural thing, you know, but I, the support I've always found have been very welcoming. And, um, you know, like we've, we've so many great organisations in Tipperary between Network Tipperary and South Tipperary Women in Business. That It's breeding a lovely culture out there. Um, and it's, it's very embracing. And they're always looking for new people to join, especially the, the South Tipperary Women in Business um, and you know it's, it's all different uh, organisations uh, with all different skill sets you know they bring in uh, different speakers to I suppose to help upscale and you know educate and uh, cross share information and ideas and things like that I've always felt it you know, very warm mm. and embracing and, you know, that they're always, I mean, I know if I ever had any problems, you know, I could pick up the phone to Michelle, say in the chamber or, you know, and would, Michelle would put me in the right direction or whatever the case is. Um, and maybe, maybe is that more of a kind mm. of a, a rural thing down here in Tipperary or that compared to the cities? And I don't I'm know. I'm just wondering about, you know, women in politics, for example, mm-hmm. Michelle, I mean, there's, there's great difficulty in getting some sort of balance there. And some of that is down to the fact that women are probably not voting for women either. Um, is, is that something that concerns you? Yeah, no, definitely. And I think we do need a lot of more women involved in it. But again, even if you look at, you know, the the benefits to women that worked in, in politics, um, Minister for Justice had only recently got in place her maternity leave uh, when she had her first child. I mean, those particular things should already be in place for women to allow her to do that. Um and sometimes I've added, it is a holdback for women because we're afraid to speak our voice, I suppose, because of, of, of being shot down in terms of what we might say. Um, and that, again, goes down to women just not having the confidence to be able to and do it. And is that it. still very real? Yes, Michelle? yes, I would say so. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah, you know, and I think the more that we have these particular conversations and, again, continue with our networking events in terms of women, and we do need to support each other a lot more. You know, women can be nasty as well. And we're very competitive mm. as well and sometimes we want to be able to make sure that we are at our best game but I think yeah we do need to be able yeah. to, to support each other a little bit better. Certainly in the arts uh, Cleana that I've been involved with over the years women can be very tough on women I mean I work with a uh, a woman singer and I know that she get a fair bit of flack you know from other women like in terms of you know how they dress and how they look and all of this is that real do you think I well, mean, the term diva didn't spring <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think it's I mean w- women performers um, a huge onus is on how they look isn't it it's just? true for male performers as well to a certain degree but, but not, I mean, women, women are scrutinised they're objectified um, how they look how they present themselves I mean women politicians you know, All the time. It's it's very different. Yeah. The man just sticks on a suit and he's yeah. grand, yeah. you know. I, I think one of the difficulties for women in politics is um, it's partly that it's, I mean, the, the vitriol they get on social media is enormous. Um, and I, I think that is something that keeps women out of um, and is that becoming politics. is that becoming worse all of the time? Oh, I think in general the tone on social media is becoming worse. Yeah, I think it's mm. you know I think there's there's a there's a level of kind of meanness and bitterness and you know um, uh, aggression. 
Yes. It's coming it's across to people. Yeah. And, and instead like, of being like encouraged, instead yeah. of encouraging women, then you think is this is this going to play a part in maybe them saying no, we won't get involved in this or that or stuff that might expose me to this kind of uh, rhetoric. With regards to social media side of just, things, just in general. I mean, just in general. Yeah. Yeah. I- I do find exactly what you're saying there, Cleena, with regards to the social media side of things. I mean, you're constantly on, you know what I mean? So, like, as, as businesses go, you know, they're, they're on a number of platforms, you're constantly on. People expect an answer there and then, you know what I mean? Um, whether, you know, it's, again, it's 24 hours that they're expecting answers. And when they don't get answers or, you know, there's, you know, and commentary, I've seen other accounts and that where there's been commentary about events and things like that, that, you know, people are mean they're nasty I mean it, people are often saying now that the likes of Twitter has gone worse you know what I mean than what it used to be and things oh, like is. that oh no doubt do you yeah, know no um, and even you know I suppose it's it's a human nature people are quick enough to go on social media as opposed to pick up a phone and you know say something or whatever but yeah it's it's kind of hiding behind a kind of a, you know hmm. there, there is meaning to the keyboard warrior you know what I mean for sure just quickly across the table before we, we finish up but Michelle if you had advice for, for women out there, particularly younger women, I suppose, who might be setting out on a, a journey of setting out on a career or what, what would you say at this point in time, 2024 Ireland, what, just a quick piece of advice, what uh, would you well, say? Well, definitely I would say explore the careers that we thought were never available to women, like construction, uh, engineering and IT definitely and for years even it probably goes back to the school curriculum where these things weren't offered or you know to the female students so I definitely I would tell them to look at those industries and don't be afraid um, and challenge yourself and I think be nice to other females. Right, which, which is very good advice. Cleana what about you? In general I think to, to young women or young men do what you love mm. You know, I think it's it's very different, difficult when you're at the point of choosing careers and you're choosing paths in life. Um, if you're interested in something, pursue it, um, and and look for help. Don't be shy about looking for help. I think we're like all three of us. If we mm. got an email from somebody looking for assistance, looking for you, you would feedback, help out. Laura, Laura, quick piece of advice. Yeah, I suppose exactly what, what Michelle was saying there. There's so much possibilities out there now. Um, you know, there's avenues there that, that are worth exploring that possibly when we were starting out weren't there. You know, and there's no such thing anymore as these boundaries. There's definitely people out there to help and support. And I mean that the, the advantage of doing TY and all those kind of things the school is great as well to give students the opportunity to explore the different options and that as well but it's always good to pick up the phone or you know networking is great and I mean net, you're never too young to start with networking never oh, too right. young Well it's an excellent start to our uh, Women in Business slot and thank you so much indeed for your for your time today because I know you're all extremely busy to Cleon Lamar to uh, Michelle Aylward and of course to Laura Jones as well we'll take a break back with more thank you and good morning to you Tip today with Fran Curry. With Slattery's Garage, puck on. You can't beat experience. With over 50 years maintaining Peugeot cars and vans, we like to call ourselves the experts. Call Slattery's Garage for a free vehicle health check today. 067 24111 or slatterysgarage.ie. 